It is time for Playing Politics. Jason DeRussia filling in for Chad Hartman this week. John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board joins us in studio. Patricia Lopez from the editorial board is at the state capitol. Thank you both for being here on a day where there's really not much to talk about in the political world. (laughs) So boring. So dull. So, so dull. dull. That's right. Actually, what's quite remarkable is maybe the most important story going on in the world right now. Very few, if any, are talking about in this country, and that's the increasing tensions, including a military confrontation between two nuclear-armed nations, India and Pakistan, two countries, of course, that have been to war several times. And when that falls to the third biggest story of the day, you know you're in a busy news cycle. I mean, come on. Come on, John. Michael Cohen was just asked if the president has a love child out there. So hard to compete with that. Yeah, it's hard to compete with that, which is why the story has has fallen. But all right, let yeah. me let me read you a couple of the headlines from this testimony, which continues live right now on uh, all of the broadcast networks breaking in to carry this testimony live all day. Yeah, they're uh, in about an hour recess right now. How's how's this for you? Uh, Cohen says he hired someone to rig two online polls for Trump. Cohen, Donald Trump asked me to threaten people probably 500 times over a decade. Cohen says he helped launch a website that sparked Trump's presidential ambitions. Uh, Cohen calls Trump a racist. Quote, in private, he's even worse. Uh, Does, first of all, just let's start with you, Patricia, Any. I mean, it's hard to pick one or two things that jump out in all of Mm. this today. But what so far has uh, really stood out to you? Um, Part of what stood out to me is the fact that he brought with him, because he knows he's discredited, he's lied to Congress, he's uh, been disbarred, he's, you know, been convicted of evading his taxes. Um, So, you know, they've been attempting to discredit him all morning, and uh, his retort was, that's why I brought documents. He has canceled checks, from, including ones signed by um, Donald Trump. He has um, three years' worth of financial statements uh, from Trump submitted to Deutsche Bank, um, for various uh, um, uh, projects, um, he's got uh, a, what he said was a hundred taped phone calls. Um, various clients um, that would in- include um, those with Donald Trump and perhaps Donald Trump Jr. Uh, so, and boxes of what he calls boxes of evidence that have, that were seized by the FBI, reviewed by investigators, now returned to him. We also learned from his testimony that um, that the president is indeed under you know federal investigation um, in New York for alleged criminal activity. So that's uh, that's quite a lot to take in. John, all this evidence, but evidence of what? I mean, evidence of Donald Trump being a slimy candidate for office. Is that enough for anyone to take? I mean, for it other, I guess, for it to rise to an impeachment or a criminal level. I don't know if if some of this stuff, I don't know if it's that surprising. Just hearing someone say it on the record is maybe more surprising than the actual uh, accusation. Well, indeed, impeachment is a political process, and then there is a legal process that we don't know where any of those issues are going, particularly until at least Congress and others receive the Mueller report. Whether we as the American public and voters are able to see it remains an open question at this point. But while some may not be surprised, the breadth and depth of some of the charges that Mr. Cohen has brought this morning are quite striking, and I think it's reflective of our time that perhaps the fact that 
so many people don't seem stunned is that, yeah. that we have been in this kind of political environment ever since the 2016 election. And you know, I think what's also quite striking, and Patricia alluded to this, is that when watching the testimony beyond his opening statement, it's it's a uh, reflection of the deep divisions in this country when the Democrats ask him questions and in general are asking about the conduct of President Trump, which is, of course, what Mr. Cohen said he is there to talk about. And the Republicans have made it a referendum on Mr. Cohen and have been able to talk about how he is discredited in their eyes because of his criminal conviction and because he has lied to Congress. So the Republicans are putting him on trial. He's trying to, in effect, make the president the issue. And as with so much in this country, it seems like both sides are talking past each other. Patricia, Michael Cohen said that he does not, at least as as far as I've been able to track down, uh, he doesn't have direct evidence of whether or not President Trump, then candidate Trump, colluded with Russia which is supposedly the main thrust of the investigation. He said he has no. his suspicions, right? It, right, right. Um, what, uh, what there is a question about that came up during the testimony is the extent of his um, dealings with Moscow about um, uh, lucrative projects that he might have been doing with them, including at the, uh, conversations that continued, according to Cohen, at, even after um, Trump assumed the White House. Uh, and that's, know, that, that's... Would, that would... Yeah, that would be noteworthy, right? I mean, right. Some, some of this stuff is, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say also, um, you know, we're dealing with more here than, you know, is he a slimy character or not? Um, the the hush money that was paid to Stormy Daniels, um, you know, Trump uh, unequivocally said that he didn't know about this. And yet we have tr- checks that were signed after he became president. That is a violation of campaign finance law, and that's something that other um, uh, politicians have been caught on before. Uh, so there's more here than just uh, collusion with Russia, although that is big enough. Yeah, I wonder where, and some of this is, it is startling to me where we are as a country that people have uh, very much made up their minds about how they feel about President Trump. And I don't know how open people are to having their mind changed by what uh, Michael Cohen says. I think it's fair to push back and say, if you're so concerned about all this stuff, why'd you keep doing it for all of these years now that you're going off to federal prison and, you know, he's he's said like, hey, I have a book deal and all this. Like maybe there's some advantage to Cohen to coming forward. I, I struggle a little bit to that figure out. Be, but that's not really the issue. The yeah. issue is can he, uh, Michael Cohen is as useful as the evidence that he can produce that's or right. that can be corroborated. What documents do you have? What tapes do you have? That's the focus here. That's yeah. exactly right. So he named a lot of names in his testimony this morning. Each and every one of those people should be brought before Congress to see to test um, Cohen's assertions. So, you know, I've heard a number of Republicans this morning talk about belief. I don't know whether to believe you or not. This is not a question of belief. Mm. It is what can be proved or disproved, and that's where the focus should be. Uh, John, is that do you do you see anyone being moved if you see, you know, if there is clear evidence of hush money paid, that's a violation of campaign finance rules. Aren't Republicans just going to say that's a technicality? He was a rookie. He didn't know what he was doing. What's the big deal? He's been in around politics for decades. Well, one of the key questions is 
in terms of who may or may not be moved, there are voters and there are also legislators and members of Congress who may be compelled, as Patricia mentioned, to bring more witnesses before Congress and to investigate this. And I think one of the things that's quite striking is that with the ascension of the Democrats in leadership in the House, that this is the first of many of such hearings on a multitude of issues that we're going to have that were not pursued by the party previously in power, the Republicans. So I think that when you think of anyone being moved, yes, there are voters and you know his base is likely to stick with him because they have taken a lot of this information in and either they won't believe Mr. Cohen or to the degree that they're, they think there's some veracity to his testimony, they don't think it's enough to, to matter in, in the overall you know, perception of the president. There are some who, you know, will never support the president, and certainly what they're hearing today will confirm th- those uh, those feelings. But, you know, and so there are some in the middle who may be moved, and so far from what they've heard, probably moved negatively in any kind of direction. question is, will Congress or the United States Senate be moved as well to pursue this more vigorously? And that remains to be seen. It's kind of sad to watch these Congress people just line up in their predictable spots, isn't it? I mean, this uh, is you know what, serious what stuff, make, right? It, it is serious stuff, and and what makes me sad as a journalist is to see the the level of questioning. Um, you know, they've had a a pretty rich trove laid in front of them. Um, they should be drilling down really deep um, yeah. on what Cohen is asserting. Let's um, see that evidence, right? Like really drilling into it. Okay, we have this thirty-five thousand know, dollars check. Times, places, yes, yes. Um, you know, details, I'm I'm a little surprised, uh, you know, I'm not that surprised at the Republicans because their their job here is to discredit uh, Cohen, although one would think that they would want to search for details as yes, well. Yes, your job is to get the truth That's for right. us, for That's America. Right. Yeah, they all, they all do a little bit of grandstanding, Democrats, Republicans, That's, both. I've seen it fine, in, right. you know, hundreds of congressional hearings. But there's also a job at hand, and yeah. they're not doing it. And the Democrats are, but, you know, they're, they're questioning. Kind of, the right? They don't do a lot of follow-up. Is they there a love child, of some of that? It, Come on. That, that is just nonsensical. You know, we are talking about financial documents sent to Deutsche Bank that may or may not have information uh, about Trump's dealings with Moscow. How about a few questions about that? Yeah, I think that's where some of this gets lost to people who are Republicans yeah. who say, like, all right, if we're really concerned about collusion, could we get into it? Like, let's get the evidence. Let's, you know, I would hope that Americans would understand. And we took a caller before talking about how, uh, you know, he said Russia's not really, we're not in a war with Russia. They're not an enemy. I'm like, really? I think it's very important to note that it's... They may not be at war with them, but... Yes, they are an enemy. It's not like colluding with, like, you know, a former uh, camp... uh, A former uh, Senate employee of Amy Klobuchar's to paint a negative picture of her. And I think it's it's really important. No, go ahead, Patricia, please. I was going to say this is serious stuff. And Cohen, interestingly, um, you know, offered, I think, what may be a prophetic warning about misplaced loyalty. He told these Republicans who were questioning him, he said, I did the same thing that you're doing now for 10 years. I protected Mr. Trump for 10 years. Look what's happened to me. And regarding Russia, I think it's very important to remember that it is the consensus of intelligence agencies on a bipartisan basis including the director of national intelligence who was appointed by Mr. Trump himself, that Russia attacked our democracy in the 2016 election. And 
That's a direct That's not attack. even a question anymore. Absolutely yeah. not. It that is the consensus, you know, um, uh, estimate of of every intelligence agency in the United States, backed up by a remarkable amount of of data. And so, if they're attacking the democracy, that that's the you know the DNA of of who we are yeah. as a nation. And so, there certainly should be an investigation about this. And when Congress has a chance to question someone who's been so close to the president at the issue at hand, you would think there would be more questions directed towards that. And unfortunately, at least, you know, among half the questions have been more about Mr. Cohen and his taxes and other issues as opposed to the heart of the matter. All right. Let's talk about what's going on here in Minnesota, because today is a big day for some different uh, gun control hearings that are coming up. Mm -hmm. Patricia, you're over at the state capitol I am. Uh, is there really a do you think there's a chance of getting some substantive work done on this issue this session? You know, I certainly hope so. Um certainly the desire is here especially in the house. Um you know, the governor has expressed um his support for uh two what the board considers very common sense laws on expanded background checks and uh so-called red flag laws which are where, you know, someone can uh, be taken in front of court uh, to find out whether they're a danger to themselves or others, and based on the result, have their weapons temporarily um, removed or or surrendered. Uh, disappointingly, I think, you know, at the beginning of the session, we heard Republicans talk about maybe there was some room for middle ground that seems to have hardened uh, in the last month and a half. You now have Senator Gazelka, who's in charge of a Republican Senate, um, saying that his, you know, that he opposes both of those. And um, I'm not sure where you where you go from there. Um, that that will be something I think that won't be settled till the very end of this session. Yeah, it is a, uh, and I know I think the the immediate thought on this is why can't they compromise? But I do think that one side on this genuinely believes that these proposals that that just doing something isn't is is wrong they think it's wrong it's not i don't know john that it's it's fair to dismiss it as you know can't they work this out i think in their mind there is there may be no middle ground on this and indeed those, we elected these different sides to the different houses absolutely. we did it and i think it's important to note that those advocating for some of these rules perhaps feel that they have compromised relative to you know some of the more stringent rules that they think perhaps should be put in place here but that's why it's often framed as "quote unquote" common sense gun legislation, because of the perception from the governor and some others that these are rules that most people agree with. And I think it's really important to note that when Gallup and Pew and other public polling institutions ask the American people, the numbers are often in the ninety-plus percentage range on people who agree with these what are with these common sense gun uh, proposals, and so. At least in terms of nationwide, they often have the voting public on their side. It's it's very hard um, to uh, um, find a middle ground, Jason, when one side believes in an absolute version. They believe that right. the Second Amendment is absolute in its protection of uh, of gun rights, and in fact, they there are some of them who want to um, put those same. Um, um, 
that same language into the Minnesota state constitution. So um, once that happens, I mean, this has gone to court a number of times. You know, even Justice Scalia, um, who passed away a number of years ago, uh, when he wrote one of the pivotal decisions, said that he believed that there was room for some uh, restrictions. Clearly, he didn't believe it was a completely absolute right. And yet, um, you know, we have this side very entrenched against any kind of um, any anything that they consider an incursion or an infringement. Patricia Lopez, John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. That, Thank you, Jason. That wraps up playing politics here on News Talk 830 WCCO. It is 152. That's your Lindis construction time check. Time to learn why Lindis is the top installer of LeafGuard brand gutters in the world.